The, uh, you all have a sermon outline in your bulletins to follow along with me today if you desire. What is the title of our message today? The History of the Black Church. Hallelujah. Let's go right into prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for who you are in all of our lives. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak deeply to all of our hearts. Let us know exactly, Lord, what you desire of each one of us. Speak to us through your word and help us to continue to grow and become the people that you created us to be. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all your people said, amen. So have you ever had someone try to describe you and they described you all wrong? <laughs> have, has anyone ever told you that you were mean or that you were funny acting or weird or untalented or boring or fast? Remember back in the day, you, you fast. <laughs> Anybody ever been told you were stupid or you didn't know something? And all of us have had feelings like that, right? Has anyone ever received a bad job review, performance review at your job? You working hard at your job and you get to the yearly performance review and they telling you everything that you, they think you did wrong. Anybody had a bad performance review before? A few of us have, amen. I'm trying to find out, has anyone ever tried to define you? They, they say, you're just a woman, so you can't do that. Or you're just a man, so you can't do that. Or you're just a kid, so you can't do that, right? Back in the day, women were told, you can't work. You can't have that job. And men were also told, you can't take care of kids. How many women know we can work? How many men know y'all can take care of kids? <laughs> Amen. Have you ever heard those statements? All men, all women, all this person, all that person, all young people, all millennials, all baby boomers. Y'all heard those statements too? <laughs> I was recently watching a video on social media and it was a white man and he was going in about black women. He said the worst things I ever heard about black women. I can't even repeat them. They was just so bad. And, you know, I was watching and I couldn't get all the way through. But the little bit I watched, I said, wow, what black woman did he meet? She sure messed him up. <laughs> it's hard that when one or two people do something, all of us get accused of being something, right? Have you ever stopped to wonder, though, who is making these comments? Like that man that was talking about the black women, I was looking at him like, what, why are you even making these comments? What black women have you even been around or even know? So when, when people make these comments about us, we have to understand who they are, why they making the comments, and, and you know, maybe they just don't understand who you are or who we are. When some, somebody says something about you that is wrong or negative like that, how do you feel? What's your feelings? Y'all know I'm going to ask y'all about y'all feelings. How do you feel? What did you say? I didn't hear you, Cassandra. What did you say? Oh, Ruth, I'm sorry. 
How do you feel when someone says something that's not true? Your feelings are hurt. You feel like you got you to gotta explain yourself and make sure they know the right thing, right? Like you're going to kind of prove them wrong. Like, no, that's not me at all, right? Action speaks louder than words. <laughs> you, you know, the church is experiencing the same thing right now. People keep trying to define the church. Everybody and their mama, say everybody and their mama. Everybody and their mama got something to say about the church, don't they? Everybody, they say the church is irrelevant. The church isn't making a difference. The church is dying. The church is judgmental. All of these things that they keep saying about the church. But who is making all these comments? People who don't even go to church, amen? People who don't even believe in God make comments like that. People who don't know the church or don't know God's people make those types of comments. For Black History Month, there's a documentary that's been out. It came out in 2021. It's called The Black Church. Has anybody seen that documentary? It was a good documentary. But it did have a few things that I would say they could have gotten better. When they started with the title, and I understood that they were trying to explain the black experience or black people's experience in the church, I was just stuck on the title, the black church. What is the black church? When I wake up in the morning, when I got up this morning, I thought, I'm going to church. Did y'all think that? Did anybody stop and say, oh, I'm going to the black church? <laughs> I'm just, because <laughs> it must be something like, <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, I don't get up thinking I'm going to the black church or I'm going to the, to the black grocery store or I'm going to the black gas station or whatever. I just get up and go where I'm supposed to go, right? You all do the same thing. So what is the black church? Before we can ask, answer that question, I, I want to ask you all something. Who in here is a nurse? A nurse. Anybody ever been a nurse? All of y'all are a nurse. You, you probably, I see y'all looking at me funny, like, Pastor Kelly, I've never been to nursing school. Have you ever had a child come tell you, you they sick and you got to figure it out? <laughs> You got to go get the medicine and the band-aids and sometimes pop a, a, a elbow back in or you got to take temperatures. It's real weird to me that when our kids grow up and they grown grown, they still call you like, mommy, daddy, my stomach hurt. Why are you calling me? You think I'm a nurse? <laughs> Tell your neighbor you're a nurse. <laughs> Who in here is a mechanic? All of us. You ever had to try to figure out how to change your tire? <laughs> you ever had to figure out how to put air in your tire? Change your oil? Even us ladies. I still remember I was at the gas station. This young man, he must have been about 20. And I looked over and I could tell he was about to do something way wrong with his oil. He was pouring too much. I jumped out the car like, ooh, ooh, come on, brother. Did anybody ever tell you it's a dipstick right there? Pull the dipstick out. (laughs) 
Thank God Terrence showed me how to do that, y'all. Who is a painter? Anybody a painter? We all are. Who's ever had to paint their walls at home? Kids got handprints everywhere. You got to paint over that, right? (laughs) Who is a chef? Who is a master culinary chef? (laughs) How many of us... (laughs) You got, you look in your cabinets, they look a little empty. All of a sudden, somebody go in that kitchen. You got the beans, you got the meat that was left over. You don't made a nice stew. <laughs> Whole family ready to eat. I'm still fascinated by those of y'all that can make some biscuits, though. <laughs> I'm still trying to get to that level. Who is a master negotiator? <laughs> We all can be negotiators. Kids arguing. They come to you, mommy, grandma, James did this, and Dallas did this. Like, what? <laughs> Am I y'all lawyer and y'all attorney and y'all mediator? <laughs> Who is a, a soldier? Who's a soldier? All of us. How many of y'all will fight for somebody? Somebody bothered. Remember when we was little, somebody messing with your brother or your sister? You'd be like, oh, I'm all in. <laughs> your best friend going down, you, you just jump right in the fight. You don't even know what's happening. You just jump in. <laughs> we can do all things through Jesus Christ. Amen. We can do all things. God equips us with skills and gifts and talents and abilities that we don't even sometimes know we have until we need them, right? And so, because we can do all of these things, because we're gifted in all these areas, it doesn't mean that's who we are all the time. I'm not a nurse, y'all. Can I do some nursing skills when it needs to be done? Absolutely. But who are you? Who are you? You see, I think people get confused about the church because the church has had to be so many different things for so many different people at so many different times. Think about that. The church has been everything for everybody. You don't even have to be a believer to get help from a church. I also think it's because the church is so gifted and so talented, that's why so many people get disappointed. Think about it. If you were the one that saw the church, I don't know, help out this family and rebuild a whole house, would you think they're supposed to build a whole house for you too? Would you be disappointed if you didn't get a house because they got a house? Maybe, maybe not. Historically and especially for black people, the church has been so many things. The church has been the safe place to go. When people were enslaved, and I've learned this, this is something I've learned new for 2022 in Black History Month. We should stop calling people slaves. They were enslaved. They were kidnapped. They were murdered. They were raped. They were beaten. They were oppressed. But they were always people. So when people were enslaved... 
the one thing they were allowed to do was worship. And people think that the master gave them their faith. It was because master gave them their faith. Oh no, say oh no. Many of the people that came over here enslaved already had a faith. They already knew songs. They already knew about God. And so when they learned a little bit more, when they got to America, they began to express their faith in a unique way. But think about it, saints. The church has been so many things to so many people at so many times. The church has served as a place of health care. How many of y'all remember back in the day, it used to be a red cross for the nurse on, on pews when you went to church? Because the nurse was at the church. You can get your blood pressure te- checked. You can get your heart listened to. How many of y'all remember when a lot of churches were like banking institutions? They had the credit union. The first place you could store and save money because black people weren't allowed to go to banks. They could go to the church who had a credit union, right? The church was a place to gather. It was a place you can have a job. One of the very first jobs for enslaved people was to be a pastor. To be a pastor. They couldn't be, you know, the farmer. They couldn't be the doctor. They couldn't be master, but they could be a pastor. So one of the very first jobs was through the church. They also was a place where people could come together and share ideas and decide to be, become protesters or civil rights agents. Think about the time. How many, Pastor Antonio asked you all, how many you, you all were there? You, you went through some civil rights stuff. You marched, you protested. But because the church did all of those things, does that mean that's what the church is? What do you all think? Because the church was involved in civil rights and because the church was involved in banking and because the church was involved in helping people get jobs, does that make the church what that is? Is that it? No. So what is the church? The bride of Christ. If we look at our, chapter, our scripture from the book of Acts today, it's on uh, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You see, that's the Pentecost church. Remember, after Jesus died, he was crucified. He was risen from the dead. Then he was ascended unto heaven. Once those things came back, he told them, I'm going to leave my comforter with you. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. And then on Pentecost Sunday, the very first church was established. Who was there that day? Do you all remember who was there at the first church? Anybody? Any particular people? Who was there? The disciples? Anybody else? The women? All nations. Remember they talked about speaking, they can understand all the languages. That means there was a lot of people there and they were all from different places. Men, women, young and older, children. Everybody, say everybody. 
everybody was there at the first church and all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give any to anyone who had need. Every day they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How many of you know the church has never stopped doing these things? What companies do you know they were really big and now they no longer exist? Higby's, Sears. Come on, y'all. Y'all can think way back. May Company. Sterling Leonard. Woolworths. That's the one I was. Gulf Gas Stations. Hallie's. Oh, goes. Oh, go circle, Eula. You go. Oh, Sharon. Go circle. You going way back. These places all existed and they had their time and their season. But let me tell you something about the church from that day of Pentecost. It has not stopped. We have gotten together. We have prayed. We have worshiped. We have broken bread together, saints. We have served God's people and the community for 2,022 years. Wow. I said that wrong. What year is this? 2022? 2,222 years, right? Is it 2,022 years? Thank you. (laughs) But we have never stopped. Even during pandemics. Think about that. Even during pandemics, and this is not the first pandemic, amen? Even during pandemics, we have gathered, we have eaten bread, we have prayed, we have given, we have praised God. Even during wars. How many of you have lived through some wars? Even during famines, during protests. How many of y'all have been in part of a protest? Even during oppression, the worst forms of oppression, the church has never stopped. Not one time. It has been a worship service somewhere on this planet since Pentecost Sunday. The true church Those of us that know the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we understand the assignment. That's what young people like to say nowadays. We understand the assignment. Tell your neighbor, I understand the assignment. You see, the church is described in our Bible in Pentecost Sunday, but it's also described what it's going to be like when we get to heaven in the book of Revelations. Jasmine, I think you have this scripture from us earlier today from the book of Revelations, chapter 7, um, verses 9. Do you have that one up? Do you have that one? Okay. Can we read this together? After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, 
They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in loud voices, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That is fantastic. That is the church. That's what we're getting ready for, y'all. That's the preparation. That's the assignment. You see, God has gifted us. Yes, we can protest. Yes, we can help heal. Yes, we can help with finances. All of those things because God is preparing us for one day when we're amongst the great multitude. The great multitude. Do you all want to be a part of the multitude? I know I do. At different times in history, God has given his people the abilities to rise up. Say rise up. Oh, I like those words. To rise up. To rise up. Think about Noah. What was Noah's job? Carpentry. What did he do? He built an ark. Now, after all that, what if they came out of the ark and said, well, you know, the only thing the church can do is build arks. That's all we got. We the ark builders. Noah could build the ark, but that didn't make that the church. Moses, what did Moses do? Right, he led a protest. He led all the Egyptians out. I mean, all the Israelites out of Egypt, right? So he was similar to a protest leader. Like who? Like Martin Luther King and the civil rights leaders, right? Now, what if they had got all the way out of Egypt, all the way through the wilderness, then all the way to the promised land, and they said, you know what? The only thing the church can do is protest. Line back up. Time to protest again. That's not the church, though, is it? Think about Joshua. Do y'all remember Joshua in the Bible? What did Joshua do? He led people in the promised land. What's the first thing they had to do? Y'all remember Joshua marches around the what? The wall. He marched around the wall, had all the people walking around the wall, walking around the wall till the wall came tumbling down. Now, what if after the, the wall came tumbling down, they said, oh, there it is. That's what the church is supposed to do. All we do is walk around walls until they fall. Think about Naomi. Naomi is a character most people don't think about sometimes in the Bible. She was the mother-in-law of Ruth. And she was what? What did Naomi do? Right. Your people... No, Ruth said that to Naomi. Yeah. So Naomi was the matchmaker. She matched Ruth with who? Boaz. And Boaz was what? The king. <laughs> How many of y'all come to church looking for your king or your queen? You waiting for your husband or your wife? You get so disappointed when you get here and don't find it. Now, how many of y'all know when Ruth and Naomi was doing their little matchmaking to Boaz, it was another little lady way over here. We gonna call her Sue. Sue was looking at them like, wait a second, she just got him a king. Why she couldn't get me a king? You see, that church ain't nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Esther in the Bible, she was a skilled negotiator. Esther saved an entire group of people, the Jewish people, from being slaughtered and killed. 
Now, how many of y'all know when that group was being saved, it was another group over here watching them. Like, Esther, you not going to look out for us? You, you know, we sitting over here too. Help us. We want to try to define the church, but only God can define the church. Jesus was what? What was Jesus' jobs? He was a carpenter. He also made wine out of water. <laughs> Amen. What if after that wedding, people had to say it, Jesus, all we need you to do is keep making couches and, and making that wine. <laughs> Some of y'all would have been satisfied. Oh, Jesus can make that couch. <laughs> oh, Jesus got the best wine, y'all. It never runs out. That's <laughs> all we need. We don't need you to do nothing else, Jesus. You just keep making the wine. You keep fixing couches. We're going to be good. If all Jesus came to do was to make wine and make couches, we would be a lost people. Because that was not who he was. Peter was a fisherman. Peter never imagined that Jesus would say the words, Upon this rock, I will build my church. He couldn't even see it in himself. Could not see that. The ultimate church is God's people. People outside of the walls keep trying to define the people that are in the walls. Tell us what we got to do, when we got to do it, how we act. I'm thinking you need to come on in and sit down. Take a seat. Learn us a little bit, right? You see, God tells us who we are every single day. God tells us you are uniquely and wonderfully made. God tells us you are kings and queens. You are my princesses and my princess. You are my beloved. That's who God tells us we are, but then we listen to the world and we let the world tell us who we are. Tell your neighbor, I know who I am. I know who I am. I am a child of God. You see, when we celebrate months like Black History, it is completely special. I'm just like what Pastor Antonia said. I am black and I am proud. But before I'm black and proud, I am a child of God. (laughs) Every single day. Every single day. That's what I want people to see in me. I don't want you to see the color of my skin or my hair type or if I'm tall or short. I want you to see the blood of Jesus every single day. You know, the church, every single day we have the opportunity to show people in the world who Jesus is. Every single day, we get to do what God tells us to do. Not what the world tells us to do, but what God tells us to do. What does God tell us to do? He says, love one another. Love one another. If we just love one another, guess what? That shows the world something different about us. I heard you say, be kind. Be kind to one another. Be understanding. Be appreciative. 
Understand that neighbor. She got it, don't she, (laughs) y'all? She got it. She got it. When the spirit speaks in you, it's like, I got to be kind. I got to be loving. I got to be welcoming. You see, we welcome one another. As much as we don't want to sometime and tell your neighbor, I don't want to sometime. We welcome one another. We care for each other. That's what the church does. We care for each other, don't we? We agree with one another, even when we want to disagree with one another. (laughs) Because it's about the word of God. If we're all doing what the Bible tells us to do, we can all be in agreement, amen? We bear with one another in our burdens. You know, that's what's so unique and special about our church. When somebody is hurting, we really know we are all hurting. When one of us are crying and in sorrow, all of us are in crying or in sorrow. We forgive one another. Say, I forgive you. I forgive you. We teach one another. I am so glad to have all of you all that have been change angels and made history. When Pastor Antonia preached last week and she was talking about Rosa Parks, I said, oh, I remember we had a Rosa Parks. Her name was Evelyn Davis. I mean, Evelyn Reese. And Evelyn Reese got up and she said, no, I'm not moving out of my seat. And Evelyn Davis is a change maker too. Do you all know, y'all remember when we sent her stuff to the Western Reserve Historical Society? Somebody in North Carolina, at the University of North Carolina, reached out to the Western Reserve Historical Society. Nothing about Evelyn Davis, didn't even know her name. They were just asking about newsgirls. That's the term, newsgirls. And when they called the Western Reserve Historical Society, they said, hey, guess who we have information on? Evelyn Davis, the first black... African-American girl who worked for the calling post. That's amazing. We teach one another. We share information about each other. I have so enjoyed learning your stories and your histories. Some of you all have done some amazing, amazing things. One of my favorite stories is about Larry Rush. Larry Rush, I hope he sees this online. He's, he's recovering at home with his wife, Jackie. But he was so dedicated to protesting in the Civil Rights March that one time he was getting arrested. The problem was Jackie was nine months pregnant and about to go in labor. And he's calling her from a payphone. <laughs> Y'all remember payphones? Telling her she got to come down there and get him out of jail. <laughs> We bear with one another, don't we? We bear with one another. We do good to one another. That's what's been special about us as a people. And it's not just black people. It's poor people, too. It's white people who are struggling. It's white people. It's Hispanics who are having a hard time. It's Asians that's having a hard time. Cleveland is not an easy place to live in or to grow up in. But there's so many of us in the midst of all of the pain and the suffering and the strife trying to do good for one another. We confess to one another and talk to each other and tell each other our sins and our shortcomings 
And finally, we show hospitality. Say show hospitality. When you think about who we are as the church, we are the church. Tell your neighbor, we are the church. We are the church. And the world can't tell us who we are. There is only one that gets to tell us who we are. Jesus tells us every day, you will knock down walls. You will change and transform people. We are the church of the living God. The only living God, saints. God is good and God is faithful that he chose all of us to do that. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. God, you are so good, so kind, and so faithful, and we say thank you. Thank you for choosing us to be your church. Wherever we are, you have given us unique skills and abilities, Lord. When we need to rise up, you help us to rise up. When we need to be quiet in prayer, we, we are quiet in prayer. And we thank you, Lord, that no matter what, you are always with us. So gracious God, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to help and guide us and lead us to where you need us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen.